Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, um, again, welcome to this series called Heaven. And uh, I can't believe we're going to start it out this way. I can't believe I'm actually going to start it out this way. But I'm uh, so a, a German shepherd and a Doberman and a cat uh, died and went to heaven. And God met them when they uh, got there. And he said, okay, well, tell me what you believe. And the German shepherd said, well, I believe in loyalty and protection of my master. And God's like, okay, awesome. Come up here and you can sit right at my right hand. And uh, he asked the Doberman, what do you believe? And the Doberman said, um, I believe in discipline and loyalty. And, the, and God said, awesome, you can come sit at my left hand. And he asked the cat, um, what do you believe? And, and the cat said, I believe you're in my seat. <laughs> so we're answering questions today about heaven. And uh, I mean, we got one knocked out of the way. Cats are going to hell. Um, <laughs> There is a, uh, there's a fascination in our culture with, with heaven, and in fact, we have a lot of words and phrases just in our culture alone that speak to, to heaven. I'm going to show you a few of them here with my friend, Mary, in the back, who does amazing with our slides. Um, we, we talk about, you know, when, when a couple is, is just so perfect for one another. Who is this in our world today? Because it ain't Brad and who? <laughs> Jen, no. Angelina, no. Uh, uh, Brangelina. A match made in heaven, right? A match made in heaven. Um, we also say this in our culture. Oh, yeah, we say when something is so amazing, I've just died and gone to heaven, right? I've died and, and, and gone to heaven. Now, when we want to do something uh, big and it's going to take a lot of effort, we say that we've got to move, what? Heaven and, heaven and earth, right? Now, there's some southern versions of these two Okay, and, and I don't quite understand them. I mean, I'm a Southern, I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina, but I don't, uh, some of these are hard to understand. Like one of them is this, um, for, for heaven's sake, okay, I guess that kind of makes some sense, but, but then you say this, so this is a bad thing, like so when something stinks to high heaven, right? <laughs> it stinks to, to high heaven, but then it's also confusing because you can be in hog heaven and that's good. How does that, how does that work? I don't, I don't really know. There's a fascination in our culture um, with, with heaven. In fact, the poets and the singers uh, do remind us in these songs, and like, like Led Zeppelin said, she's buying a stairway to, to heaven. Um, ACDC, on the other hand, <coughs> said, I'm on the highway to hell. Um, and you just heard Bob Dylan. Uh, of course, that was Guns N' Roses' version of this song. Knock, knock, knock on heaven's door. And Bruno Mars, you heard that one too. He said, you make me feel like I'm locked out of heaven. The reason, one of the reasons we're so obsessed with heaven is that the mortality rate hovers at right around 100%, doesn't it? <laughs> it hovers right around 100%. And, and uh, yeah, you could go home today and say, well, the pastor basically told me I was going to die, and, and uh, that's great, so, so encouraging. But that is true, the mortality rate's 100%. We've also, there's a lot of things in our culture, if you've read, or maybe in school you read uh, Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of his 
uh, habits is begin with the end in mind. And so he says, hey, you should think about your funeral and what it's gonna look like and what you want people to say, and then you should plan backwards from there and figure out how you want to live your life. We think about the loss of loved ones. We, we think about it when we have kids and, and they ask questions. We sometimes have near-death experiences and we think about it. There's a question I wanna ask you today and it's this. What do you think about when you think about heaven? What do, you, what do you think about when you think about heaven? How does it make you feel? Maybe some of you are like excited, you know, like excited. Maybe some of you are worried. Maybe some of you are like, I don't feel a thing. I don't think about it really. I, I really don't feel um, a thing. You wonder if it's real or if it's um, this uninteresting place or maybe you can't even know it. And, and uh, so here's the thing. It's not that we don't um, think about heaven enough. It's that we don't think enough about heaven. In, fact, in other words, we don't think highly enough about, about heaven. And so one of the reasons is that we've been given this picture of heaven that's, that's uh, it's, not, it's not so alluring. So we've been, we, we've been told there's like a stairway, right, to heaven. I don't know if that's, if that's true or, or, or not. We've been told that there's... Um, there's like clouds, you know, in heaven. I'm not a great artist, I don't know. But there's, there's like clouds, you know, and it's, and it's kind of like that. We've been told that there's, um, there's a throne, right, in, in, in heaven, and that Jesus sits on the throne. In fact, the lamb, who is Jesus, sits on the, sits on the throne. And we've, we've, we've heard that there's um, mansions, right, in, in heaven. And so, uh, you know, big, big house up on the hillside. And, um, or maybe it's even like, I mean, almost a fancier, a fancier, uh, <laughs> this is supposed to be the Taj Mahal. Um, see, clearly. Um, what else have we been told? We, oh yeah, we've been told that there's, uh, there's this is kind of interesting too, right? That there's streets of, of gold, right? Oh, this yellow's not gonna show up. But pretend like you can see that. There's streets of gold, right? And, uh, and we hear about, about that and um, all these other things that culture kind of, kind of, kind of gives us. And, and this is supposedly our picture of heaven. And on top of that, we've been told that there is like, Music in heaven. This is a harp, in case you didn't know. Um, there's music, but we don't really know what the music is, is gonna be like. Is it gonna be like what we just heard, or is it gonna be like a harp? And, and, and by the way, is heaven a never-ending worship service? Because some of you are like, yay, and some of you are like, I would really rather be in the other place than do that. Um, there are gonna be a lot of people there, I heard, you know? So is that like, I mean, our, our family went to Universal Studios uh, in a few months ago, and there are a lot of people there. Uh, and is it like Disney without the rides? You know, is that what we're talking about when we talk about a lot of, a lot of people in heaven? Um, you know, there are these pictures that we have, and, and often, here's the reality. We have a clearer picture uh, of our next vacation, okay? Or a clearer picture of our retirement plan, or a clearer picture of, of our job, and we're better prepared for those things than we are actually thinking and understanding what heaven is like. So today what I wanna do is I wanna give you three pictures, three conversations that Jesus had with people when it came to heaven. And these are gonna be the three things that frame our series out for the next four weeks together. He had these three significant conversations with people when it came to what heaven is like. And I wanna share those with you today. 
and encourage you in them and invite you to consider what heaven is really like. And the first conversation uh, goes like this. Jesus was actually on the cross. It was when he was on the cross and it, and it starts by uh, the, the, this um, truth that the criminal, there were two criminals hanging on his left and his right. As he was hanging there, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. <clears throat> Don't you fear God, he said, since you were under the same sentence. We are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. And then Jesus, he, he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The first reality that Jesus says about heaven when it comes to heaven is that it's a place where people who believe in him go after they die. It's a place where people who believe and trust in him go after they die. Jesus assures this criminal that heaven is as close as this afternoon. Heaven for you is as close as this afternoon. That's the first conversation. Second conversation is from the book of John, uh, chapter 14, it goes like this. Um, he's talking to the disciples, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. There, there's this persecution going on, they're being attacked. They know what's coming. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that? I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that uh, you also may be where I am. Second reality that we see, not only is uh, the first reality a place where, uh, heaven is a place where people who believe in him go after they die. The second reality is this. It's not just where you go when you die. It's not just where you go when you die. It's where Jesus' followers are gonna be for eternity and that's being prepared. Like there's a future heaven that's being prepared and that's still being prepared right now. You know, I gotta, I gotta just sort of take an aside here and say that as I've been doing the studying and the research for this series, it's really hit me in a new way what heaven is actually like. And there are some things that I think that I kind of bought into or just vague ideas of what heaven is like that the Bible just kind of cracks wide open and says, no, 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 let's bring clarity to this. And, and so the second thing is this, it's amazing. It's not just where you go when you die, it's where Jesus followers are gonna go for eternity and it's being prepared right now. There's a future heaven. There's gonna be a lot of layers to this today. The third truth is this, the third thing that we see, it's from the book of Matthew chapter six, and he says this, um, this then is how you should pray. This is, he's talking about here and now, okay? This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is how he taught his followers to, to pray that, that, that we're to invite God's will, God's kingdom here on earth now that there can be an element of heaven on earth. And that's the third reality that he says about heaven. He says there's a way that we can experience heaven here and now. The values of heaven can impact the values of earth. And, and so there are these three realities of heaven that we're looking at with this series. And, and they're like this, and you need to kind of grasp them all. The realities of heaven are this. First of all, it's now, but it's in another place. That was the first reality. It, it, it's now, it's happening right now, when you die, but it's in another place. Also, it's, it's here, but it's at another time. It's gonna be here, he's, actually, he's like, I'm preparing this for you, this new heaven, new earth, we're gonna talk about that in this series, but it's at another time. And then he says, it's also here and now, but in another 
way. It's here and now, but it's in another way. You know, he was talking to a Jewish audience and there was this Hebrew understanding of time that he was, he was working with people on. And, and there's this verse in Matthew chapter 12 where it divides time into two different things. And it says this, it says, um, he's talking to the Pharisees. They're actually having this argument. He does this healing and then they're arguing with him about it. And, and he's basically saying, hey, there are things that are gonna happen. But the important thing for today is that he says, either in this age or in the age to come, either in this age or in the age to come. And so um, there's this idea that there's this current age, okay? And then there is the age to come. And in this current age, there are two circles that I can't remember what are in the inside of them. So I'm gonna uh, look at my sheet, look at my notes. Um, there's this age, yes. So there's the present earth, like here and now, okay? And the present heaven. Um, and, and then, and so there's this idea that that is happening now, that that is happening currently. There's the, this age, which, which includes the present heaven and the present earth, and then he says there's, a, there's another age. There's the age to, to come. And that exists over here, and in the age to come, there's new heaven and a new earth, okay? So new heaven, new earth. All of that together. And these are how he kind of says, he said either in this age or in the age to come. Now, this word that he uses for age is a word called aeon. It's a Greek word uh, called, called aeon. And, and this word um, is important because uh, it, it actually is this idea of era. It's, it's not like an, an hour or a time. It's more like an, an era of life, like my childhood was, was this eon. Now, um, a, quick, a quick note about this. In between this, there's a lot of stuff, okay? There's a lot of things going on here that we hear about, that we, that we hear talked about, and that we could talk about, but we're not gonna talk about in this series, okay? Like, uh, like, um, like premillennial or postmillennial or like the coming judgment or uh, any of those, any of those uh, things that are happening in here that are so hotly debated. This is a series about heaven. And so we may do a series about this some other time. And I mean, it might be another, I don't know, another pastor that tackles that, because uh, that's hard stuff. But, um, <laughs> Like the rapture, right? And all the books that were written about that and all that stuff, there's a, there's a lot going on in there. But next week what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about um, this age and this present heaven and what happens when you die. And then in two weeks from now, we're gonna talk about what eternal uh, heaven is like. But, but, but today we're talking about that idea of, of either in this age or the age to come. And then there's this Greek word for age, aeon. And it, it, it does mean world or life, or it's kind of the idea of a, of, a, of a particular era in your life. He could have used other words to, to say uh, what he was trying to say, other words for time, other Greek words are like chronos and kairos, he could have used those words, but instead he chose this word aeon. It's very interesting that he chose this because it's also the name in that time, it was the name of a very, very well-known Roman deity named Aeon. I got a, I got a picture of this guy. Um, and uh, he, he was known as the God of Ages. He was known actually in Roman culture as the Lord of Lords. Here he's pictured, um, he's actually standing in the middle of, of the zodiac sign. Now don't worry, I'm not gonna preach the zodiac, all right? But that's where he's standing and the idea, he's got a tree of, 
uh, uh, like a green tree here, you can't really see it, and that's a tree of life, and this is a gray kind of burned out tree, it's a tree of death, and he's standing in, the, they pictured him as standing in the middle of life and death. And then this is like Mother Earth, and the, these represent the four seasons, and all this, all this stuff going on in the world that Jesus was speaking into, and so Jesus very pointedly decides, I'm gonna use that word to describe not only what's happening in the world, but myself, because they were calling this guy the Lord of Lords and the King of, of the universe and the Lord of all, and Jesus comes along and he says, no, I am the ultimate authority and I'm gonna show you why. And he claims ultimate, Jesus does ultimate authority over this time and this age, and it's almost like a play on words. He uses the word aeon to say, this age, I am Lord over this age, and I am Lord over the age to come. Jesus in another place, and you know this verse, right? You've heard it before, uh, or you've seen somebody hold up a sign at a football game, right? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his, only, his one and only son, and here's why, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is what Jesus is saying about himself. About himself, he's saying, I have the power to give you eternal life. I have the power to invite you into heaven. It's so important. It's so important what your perspective is on heaven. And I understand you probably didn't wake up thinking about heaven today, but it's so important because the, your perspective on heaven impacts the way that you live life here. H how you view heaven impacts how you live here. It's not that it could impact how you live here or it might impact how you live here. It does impact how you live here, whether you believe that or not. There's this principle at work, you see, and, and this is, it's just a true thing whether you believe it or not. It's just true. The principle is this, we live toward <clears throat> what we look forward to in life. We live toward what we look forward to in life. Here's, here's how this works. If you're getting uh, married, you are making plans. You are pointing your life in that direction. You're trying to make yourself the best spouse that you can be. You're trying to maybe get rid of some debt. You're trying to prepare a house. You're trying to prepare a home. You're trying to do all these things and you're, you're, you're living toward what you look forward to in life. Some of, some of us are, some of you are thinking about like uh, your next vacation. Okay, and, and some of you, who plans their next vacation during the last vacation? Which, where are you? A lot of you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you gotta have something to what? That's right, that's right. So you plan your next vacation while you're on your last vacation. Um, and, and so we live toward what we look forward to in life. Some of you were thinking about retirement and you're thinking about it in this way, like, like you're looking forward to retirement, so you're trying to make plans, you're trying to make sure you got enough, you gotta, you gotta try and figure out what you're doing and, and it takes time and energy, and focus, and direction. And, and, and for some of you, you've lived towards something in your life, and you've gotten there, and you've realized, that wasn't worth it. It wasn't, it wasn't worth it. I heard a story about a, um, a kid who became a valedictorian, the valedictorian of his high school, and, and when he found out that he had the potential to be the valedictorian a year prior, he cut off every relationship. He stopped doing every fun activity. He stopped all the connection with his friends, and he focused and focused and focused. Now, there's nothing wrong with focus, but he got to that point and he became the valedictorian of his high school, and he enjoyed it for about 15 minutes. And then he felt this overwhelming sense of regret about all of the relationships that he missed out on and all of the fun that he missed out on with his friends. 
There are some things in life that we gotta decide, is that worth looking forward to or not? What am I looking for? What am I living forward? What am I living toward in life? And Because and, that's what I'm gonna look forward to. That's what I'm gonna put my focus on. That's what I'm gonna make um, my, my, the focus of my energy. Um, Paul talks about this in the book of Colossians, chapter three. I love how he says this, and, and I just wanna share this one more verse with you this morning. He's talking to those who have followed Jesus. He says, since we've been raised with Christ, and that is this beautiful picture of what it means to, to know Jesus. You haven't done that yourself. He's done that for you. He's raised you up with him. Since you've been raised with Christ, he said this, set your hearts on things above. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And then he says, when Christ, who is your life, when he appears, you also will appear with him in glory. He's saying, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Like, set your sights on that as, as the goal. Uh, if, if I ask you today, like, what would you do if you had a dollar, right? If you had a dollar in your pocket, what would you do? Um, not a lot. I mean, what can you buy for a dollar? Um, McDonald's even went up on their drink prices. I can't believe it. More than a dollar. What would you do with $10? If you had $10, what could you do with that? Maybe, um, maybe I get your attention if I, like, I had a $100 bill, right? I, said, what? I would ask you, what, what could you do with $100? I mean, it's a lot of money, right? What could you do with $100? What if you had 1000 Then you had to spend it? What if you, what if you had 10000 What if you had a million dollars? What would... You do. When you have a, a, a million dollars, I, I, I would assume that $100 doesn't look like a lot. What would you do if, and my parents used to tell me we didn't have this, but we're, we're gonna pretend that we do for a minute. What would you do if you had a tree in your backyard that grew money? <laughs> but money doesn't grow on trees, I know, Mom. It's an illustration. What would you do if you had a tree in your backyard that grew money and you had an unlimited supply? This would be like nothing, right? I mean, you would, you would just give this away freely because you had this endless supply. When you know Jesus and when your future is secure in him, you know what you have? You know what we have? We have an unlimited amount of life in Jesus. We have an unlimited amount of life in him. So, so like, what's, what's $100 of it, right? You would just give that away. You just give that away. That's, that's how your life is. You have an eternity in front of you. I have an eternity in front of me. So what does it matter if I, if I have to give of my life right now? Could that be a joy rather than a burden? Like, like if you believe that eternal life was guaranteed, if you believe that it was guaranteed, how would that change how you live? How would you live? One final question to you. Um, what are you looking forward to in life most? What are you looking forward to in life the most right now? I mean, you owe it to yourself to have that be a big thing. You owe it to yourself to make sure it's something that's worthy of devoting your entire life to. You owe it to yourself to consider your answer and be honest with that question because make no mistake about it, the answer to that question is determining what you're doing with your life right now. It just is. Whether you believe that or not, it just, that's just true.
And I want you to make sure, we want you to make sure, but more importantly, God is inviting you to make sure that it's big enough, that your answer is big enough, and your answer is worthy of your one life. And I believe that the answer is heaven. It's heaven. It's this relationship with Jesus where he invites us into eternity and the eternity that starts now so that we can look at our lives and gosh, this is just a little scratch on the surface. This is just a little mark. If I stretched a line from that wall to that wall and put a little nick on it, that's your life. That's my life. So aren't we crazy if we view it just in terms of that one little line? And aren't we wise if we view it in light of eternity? Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.